0: You're locked into Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekiterski, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is part of the BICBP radio network. Check us out online, www.bicbp-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I'm EZD. Joining me this week... Big Diesel making his triumphant and long-awaited return yeah, to the microphone. It's been a hot minute. I can't lie; it uh, has been. It
1: feels good to be back.
0: Uh, well, it's like riding a bike. You know, I sit down in the seat. All of a sudden, the, the gums start flapping. That's exactly what happened. We uh, we probably just shot the shit for about a half hour before we hit play here. So, well, yeah, I also haven't seen
1: you in a hot second. Well, yeah. that's not true. I just you came over to my house last week and I didn't hang out. So, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs>
0: that that'll happen. That'll happen. Oh man, it is. It is the day of Bills preseason game number 2 and of course Hat Stats and Stats is a championship caliber Buffalo Pro Sports podcast and we focus mostly on our on our beloved Buffalo Bills. Uh we do do the other stuff and speaking of which cuz
1: the Bills talk is going to be uplifting and and hopeful can we uh can, yeah. we, can, can we mention our boy? Yeah. I'll let you I'll let you because you, you, you had a nice little statement that you put out on Twitter, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, and so now it's an official quote from an episode, I guess. But, I mean, I grew up, I remember being a kid, being in the car, and listening to Van Miller and listening to Rick Jennerat. And their voices just permeate my childhood, right? From the just iconic call after iconic call. And, I mean, for a while, it was when both teams were awful. Yeah, But it was like, it still resonates in my childhood. And I, most cities, I mean, we talk about some of the biggest names in sports. They're either national guys or like you have that, like, like Harry Carey, you know, that that guy that's at that one stadium, that one spot in the one sport. Yeah. He's iconic for that reason. And most cities are lucky if they have that guy. We had two. We only have two pro sports teams, like, of the big four. Right. You know, and we had, correct. and both of them, for 30-plus years, had an iconic voice behind them. And I know I don't watch hockey the way I used to, but when I do and it's not RJ, it's just not the same. It's definitely not. Um, and I, I just shout out to RJ, uh,
1: voice of my childhood. Uh, I just – the memories I have of him specifically is, you know, as a kid – I got to watch the first and the second period, and then it was my bedtime. So I would go up to my room, and I had a little radio. I did the same thing, the same goddamn thing. I would listen to the third period, and it's not like I didn't listen to to Rick in the first and the second period, but I didn't get to see the third period. So he painted such a picture that like I didn't feel like I missed the game, and of course I'd wake up the next day and go watch the highlights too. Of course, but it just. I never felt like I was missing out on the third period, even though I wasn't able to watch it. I was just sitting in bed, all excited, listening to Rick on the radio
0: talking about the puck getting wrapped around the boards and shot. And, and there was never dead time. No, like it, you watch hockey now with some of these dudes who very blatantly don't know hockey, and you get those like dead periods where you're just you're hearing skates on yeah. the
1: ice. Well, I, I, another thing too, and you, you mentioned it that there was a lot of times for, for Van Miller and RJ that the teams weren't good, but I tell you what, the past 10 years for a guy who's watched pretty much every Sabres game just because I'm a psychopath, a lot of times the best parts of the broadcast were just RJ and freaking Rob Ray <laughs> razzing on each other while some bullshit hockey's being played on the ice, and... And Razor's like, Oh, RJ, I don't know, you've been drinking a little too much tonight. And then RJ's like, I don't know, Rick, you took too many shots to the face. And when you're in your playing career, and just stuff like that, like, like even when the product on the ice was bad, he was the best part of those
0: down years for the past decade. And it was cool because there were a couple things that came out, you know, guys. Uh, in interviews saying, like, you know, I, I know he doesn't call many games. He's on a very limited schedule this last couple of years. It would just be really, really cool if I got to score a goal when he's calling a game so I have my own. Right. RJ Highlight, right? And it's, you know, whether it's Roll the Highlight film or, you know, these guys are good, now do you believe... Top Campbell, shelf. Top, top shelf. of cookies. the cookies. Uh, Campbell destroying Umburger, which is forever my favorite clip. Yeah. <laughs> like... And I mean, or the, the, the Rickisms, you know, giving him more tongue than a lumberjack's boot oh, will forever God, be dude. one of my He's favorites. Got, he had too many. I uh, mean, this, this yeah. dude was so electric. I, cause I did the same thing, right? You know, first, first and second period. Now it's bedtime. Throw the Walkman on yeah. and the, all of a sudden the Sabres score and you hear me go, yes, from my bedroom. And then my dad comes barreling in, shut your goddamn radio off. <laughs> like, but like, it kept you into it because, again, there was no dead time. It was no, like, tripping over the description. He was right. so immersive. It was fantastic. He was also the best, too. I mean, this gets taken for granted
1: a lot, but he would go and talk to the guys, and and the guy who specific to two I specifically remember about this uh, was Hendrik Talinder and Tony Ludman because every other announcer... They don't talk to the guys, and they just called him Hendrik Tallander and Tony Lidman because that's yep. how it's spelled. But Rick was the guy who would go down and talk to the guys and be like, "Hey, how's your name pronounced?" Right. Because guess what? You're not American. You're Finnish or Swedish or what? I, or, how or, do you what pronounce it, your name? What so do you, when I'm what do you calling, want to be like, when I'm calling the game, I'm not just some dude saying something wrong. So when your family's watching, they know I'm talking about you.
0: Yeah, it's not me reading off a draft. That's board. such a
1: little thing. But that makes all the difference in the world, Absolutely. in my opinion. Especially when calling a game, it, it's one of those things. Like you know, and
0: I've I've done a couple short stints in play by play and color commentary. It's tough when you just walk in, sit down, and try to call. Especially when you see some crazy names,
1: right? Like I mean, you got a wildly Polish last name. I have a not normal last name. I, I don't know how to describe it, but you know, yeah. I've heard plenty of iterations of Yelic, Yelic, Yelic. Yel or Yelich just all across the board. And it's really not like a hard last name to say, but that's the point is there's so many different ways that you can say all these last names. And I mean, you start getting some of these Russian guys. Oh my God. Your guess,
0: your guess is as good as mine unless you ask them what it is. Yeah. And uh, this is a dude who, you know, he was practicing his art at home. You know, he was rewatching games without sound and just calling names and making sure he knew. I mean, he didn't miss a beat when it was other teams. Teams no. we see once a year, maybe, and he's on. Point also, with every the single greatest person.
1: guy at describing brawls on the ice.
0: Oh yeah, you watch
1: like the Ottawa brawl and the Philly brawl. You watch those; those are great. But like, if you go back, and I was watching recently the uh, the documentary on the Aves and the Red Wings yep. rivalry and all that going down, and they the the clips cut together are are nice. But when you go and actually watch the broadcast of it, it's. The announcers have no idea what's going on. It's just oh who ah ooh wow oh there goes Patrick White. like yeah, but if Rick Jennerette was was talking about a fight, it's Ray with two rights here comes the left, or oh, Shields and, and, wants him. And he now, now Barnaby's
0: getting into it with so like and like every Emery's like dropping everything. the gloves and
1: Baron's coming after him. Yeah, like he, he just the description instead
0: of getting lost in the action. The, the man introduced me to the term Donnybrook. <laughs> <laughs> like, Electric. Uh, he will be sorely, sorely missed. Yeah.
1: I, I will say this. it It's terrific that we got the RJ night we did. Yep. When we did. And after such a shit show for so long in that organization, they did it right. And... I'm getting a little bit of chills right now just thinking about it. That was just the perfect,
0: the perfect way to send him off. Yeah, and his his sign off that night still. I, it, yeah. I, yeah, it was I got perfect. To, I got to do a radio show uh, the morning after that, and I got to play like I, I brought us back from every commercial break with an iconic RJ call. I probably broke some copyright laws, but whatever. I, I don't. I These don't things really happen. do much there anymore. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. And like, we, we ended the show with RJ sign off from the night before, which was really, really cool to do. Um, cause me and the guy that I was working with at the time, big sports fan too. And it was cool. We spent like a lot of the show. I mean, we were s- selling stuff and everything, but we like, people would call in and be like, oh man, that hamburger hit. Like I'll remember yeah. that. Like, oh man, uh, uh, you know, May Day was one of the best days of my life. There was so much fun to just watch and I'll never forget it. It was a great show and it was awesome. It, yeah. was a, it was the closest thing to actually on radio sports talk I got to do. So,
1: yeah, that it just that's a perfect way to describe it. Though it just the, the amount of people that have these similar similar memories, similar you know fond view. Yep, and just well, shout I'm, out to Rick, man. I mean, I mean, shit,
0: a, a fucking legend. We're we're what almost ten years apart, the yeah, two of us, Yeah. and we have the same exact memory from a, almost a decade yeah, separated right? of the same thing. Watching through the second. Oh, gotta go to bed. God damn it. I can't put my headphones on. Like that that's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. But uh so from the boys here at Hats Tats and Stats, and I know I speak for all five of us. Uh thank you, RJ. Yeah, thank you, RJ. All right. Now let's get to the Bills talk. Yes. Uh it we, we're going into preseason game number two. We're told allegedly Josh Diggs and the boys will be playing at least a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half. Um what are, you, what are your thoughts on today? What are you looking for? What are you excited to see? What are you going to be really, you know, focused on watching the game? Well, what's uh, what's your take here? My take is I just want the boys to look sharp
1: because it's just early season football. It is what it is. It's going to be sloppy. It's preseason. Even week one in the NFL is always sloppy. That's why you get the wild upsets, Yep, which should never really happen. Um, so I want to see the boys look like they're on the same page. That'd be nice. Um, I'd like to see some pressure up front from guys who are not linebackers or defensive backs because McDermott brought a lot of blitzes in, in, uh, game one against the Colts, which was fun. I like that because Leslie called about five in his entire tenure here. True. But at the same time, none of our D linemen got pressure until like the second and third string O line was in. Right. So I'd like to see us get some actual pressure with D linemen, even bringing blitzes like, yeah, let's get something there. Um, I like the way our secondary's been looking in our depth, so I'm I'm going to be looking for more of that. I'd like to see Kyer Elam do something; it'd be pretty chill. But that being said, Benford and Dane Jackson, if those two are are your next corners, and you're you're doing all right, yeah. Um, offensively, looking for another good day from Osiris Torrance um, in pass blocking specifically. I I knew he was a good body mover up front, yep. and he did a nice job of that. Uh, I want to see him continue to – he looked really good in the pass game. I want to see more of that. I um, want to see Spencer Brown continue to establish himself as the right tackle uh, and just stop flashing and just more consistency, even yeah. if it's not those high-end plays that he flashes where he's pulling. If he just becomes more consistent, we're going to be a better football team. Uh, and then the big important thing, especially for the run game, and it helped last week is our tight end blocking. Dawson Knox had a beautiful block on, oh, yeah. on the cook touchdown. Um, so, so I just want to see our tight ends continue that because that's that's huge in the red zone. There were there were a couple
0: of clips of uh, of the young blood too, Mister Kincaid, Kincaid throwing yeah,
1: hands. I mean, yeah, that one was like downfield, and he was I, more just clearing route. I, I look, I'm with you, but I'm just saying that's different than you know yeah, you got a line. defensive end lined up across from you, and you got to reach him right because we're getting outside. Yeah. Which, not. honestly, that's a, that's the beauty of having a young kid like that who you're not expecting to line up in the line like Dawson Knox, who's been doing it for years and is continuously getting better at it. So you don't have to expect that out of him. I did like Quentin Morris last week. He looked really good blocking. I'd like to see more out of that Jay Sternberger guy that we picked up from the XFL or USFL, whichever one of those two. Because I've seen him play before. He's not a bad ball player. He just looked a bit hesitant. Right.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and you could look a little bit hesitant probably because the game's a little bit faster than what you've been seeing recently. Yeah, but. but also a lot of a lot of football is just believing that you know
1: what you're doing. Right. Because even if you mess up, if you just play fast and hit somebody, especially – like, obviously there's levels to it. And at that level, there's guys on defense who will make up for it if you just straight up miss a block. But at the same time, if you just get in somebody's way – the talent level in the NFL can also make up for that. I mean, I saw Shady McCoy turn on a dime, go back the way he came, and break twenty-five yard runs all the time. Right. So it's not like it's it's an exact science, but it, they try they try for it to be, but it's not. I, well, you know, football started today, so that's kind of where I, I I'm in on this. It's just like <laughs> I was well, I was telling my guys today, it's like. Look at man, we're going to draw up plays, and we're going to show you clips of when it goes perfect. But the reality of football is it doesn't always go perfect, and as much as I'd like that outside linebacker on the other team to be playing the flats where he's supposed to be, sometimes he just sits. Sometimes they mess up. Sometimes we mess up. It's just because you draw it up on the board like it's a chess game, and that's the way it's supposed to go. I mean, how many times in your football career did you guys actually run a perfect play? (laughs) Hardly. Like, and, honestly, our, my, my my high school senior team was very good. We probably had about 20 to 22 perfect plays in our 12-game
0: season. Yeah. No, out I of, mean, like, 1,000. I mean, we – you know, my my JV year was probably the best year we had. And, I mean, that, there were just times that we did whatever the fuck we wanted because we were just that good. Yeah, talented. And that didn't translate our senior year. You know, we – and things change. Well, schemes right. Schemes change, whatever. But, I mean – no, you're, you're like you're right, and I, that was one of the biggest things. In I mean, this is probably going to sound a little outdated, but at the same time, on brand here, one of the biggest things we were told as linemen, like, listen, if you for whatever, if we go up and there's something you're not sure of, when in doubt, just fire out and hit somebody, hit somebody, just put a hat on someone, <laughs> just get, yeah, exactly. Well, and we had we had issues
1: going back last year where it was like the one or the three tech wasn't getting touched. Because our guys were confused, it was like, "Hey, look, man! If you're confused, the number one thing you can't do is let the first level of defense go unblocked." Right. If you're going to let a level of defense go unblocked, let it be the second or the third level because they're at least five yards away. Right. Like you got to secure up
0: front. Yeah, I mean, we the the other thing that we were we were grilled on later on is if you're not sure, again, when in doubt, fire out, but go inside out. Yeah. Like the closest threat yeah. first. Right. And you can always say like, "Oh, that guy's being blocked. I can get outside now." Like. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. I was I was also very used to sticking my nose into help inside and getting out, and that's actually translated really well for me in, in flag football nice. over the years. Uh, what are you looking for for the Bills today? I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to seeing the like I, we want to talk consistency. We want to talk things gelling. I mean, our between Josh Cook, Diggs, Davis, and Knox, and most of our offensive line, like at least three fifths of it. Should have a decent gelling at this point. Are you thinking that you want them to come out of the game after they got like 14 points on the board? Uh, if they go down and go right down the field and put a, put a ball in, I'm going to be like, okay, maybe maybe one more series? Yeah. <laughs> like that's – if they look but like saying, they're – I'm saying like what
1: if they come out, they drive down the field, then they come out, they go like three or four and out, um, and then go down the field and score. You You, you call it at that even if it's like yeah. still time left in the first quarter? Yeah, I think you do. I think so too, but I don't know if they're gonna, you know, gonna go with that. You know who to, who I do I want I want to see pop more today is I want to see Justin Shorter pop more today. I yeah. was really excited about him coming out of
0: the draft. That's that's one of my big ones is the our depth at wide receiver. So we we know I'm sorry I I don't give a fuck who you are or what your opinion is. We need to extend Davis before we can't afford him. Yeah, I like Davis. Um, I I know a lot of people
1: like Hardy. I, I'm not sold on Hardy. I didn't see anything from him in the return game that was like, oh, wow, we really need this guy. And I really haven't seen much from him in the receiving game that's like, oh, wow, this guy is really nuanced in it. And everybody can say what they want and and talk him up, but everybody said the same thing about Isaiah McKenzie. And I really liked Isaiah McKenzie. Guess what? He wasn't a very good route runner. He was a gadget guy. And I feel like Isabella is a more sound route runner than Hardy. I feel like Khalil Shakir is a more sound route runner than Hardy and if Shakir can just catch the friggin' ball when it's actually in his hands and not when he's got to dive for it, he's the funniest friggin' character, man. If it's an impossible catch, he's easy money. Oh, yeah. If it's directly in his hands, it's a drop. Yeah. So if he can figure that out, he's fine. Um, I I don't know about these other big guys that we got, like this Aitman and uh, Shavers and Keyshawn John. Like, they're all meh. I want to see shorter get reps, even if he's not better than them right now. He's a giant friggin' freak prospect from Florida. Right, give him some reps against live teams, not your own, and see if he actually pops at that level too. There's guys who are gamers. Yeah, like, oh, sorry, hit the mic, but because I'm, I'm getting all, I'm
0: getting all. Oh, he's getting all fired up.
1: Uh, But you know, at at high school, I I have to tell my guys, look, you're not a gamer. There's just you're not that. There's nobody in Western New York football and high school who can just show up, jog through pras- practice, show up on game day and be a frigging dog. But at the same time, guys in the NFL who've done it for long enough can suck in the information, go through the motions in quotation marks, but really are getting themselves ready. And then on game day, go full speed. They're a different
0: breed. Yeah. I, and, and that's what I want to see. I want to see what from beneath Gabe Davis down can do.
1: If Gabe has another high ankle sprain, which has happened like twice so far in his NFL career, what do we got?
0: Right. Cuz last year it was an issue. Yeah. And I I want to see like you said exactly that. I want to see consistency out of Shakir. I want to see um I want to see what these other guys got. I mean, we brought in guys that are speedsters. We brought in guys that can stretch the field. We brought in some guys cuz they're bigger. Like I want to see what they can do. Right. I mean, listen, if we if well, we we know who Diggs is, we know who Davis is. We know what Knox can do. And obviously, we're we're very high in Kincaid. so Yeah. Honestly, like, Kincaid
1: really doesn't have that high of a bar to hit for us to be satisfied with him as a first-round pick. Right. Because in all reality, I mean, one, Dawson Knox's red zone production was down last year. If that goes back to normal, we don't have nearly as many red zone woes as we have. Correct. Gabe Davis's red zone production went down last year. If that goes back to the way it was, like, two years ago when he was healthy and he was... I think he had, like, three against the Dolphins alone in the red zone. Yeah. Like, that's a big help for our red zone offense. So, again, I like what you're saying. What do we got below that? Because if those guys, one, have another down year in terms of finishing production, in terms of getting touchdowns, can Kincaid be the guy who doesn't get all the targets in the middle of the field, even though we'd like him to? Is he the guy where when they double digs down in the red zone, you get him on a matchup against an outside back or safety and you can run him on a little
0: whip route. And, you know, I mean, I, if, if I can get him to catch three balls this year, that look like Travis Kelsey back corner go as he's crossing the ends, as he's crossing the end line. I'm in, I don't even need that. Just catch it at the goal line and get in.
1: Like right. if, if he scores, if he scores four touchdowns to add on to our offense, yes. Like that's, all we need out of him, correct. If he gives us more, that's like, oh, cool. Look well, what we found.
0: I, uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm not alone in in Western New York in this one. I'm I'm interested to see what the middle linebacker position looks like. Yeah, I'm not sold on Dodson. Never have been. Um, is he also the one that's been having the? Yes. Issues with everyone at practice? Correct. Swinging helmets, shit like that? Swinging helmets and constantly not being.
1: And that was the whole McDermott in the press saying we need to be a leader at middle linebacker. Basically saying you're immature, you can't control your emotions. If you're going to be the guy to call the plays and run the defense, you can't
0: be freaking out in the middle of the game. Right. You're freaking out in the middle of practice. What yeah. happens when the bolts are actually flying? Right, and you know when when the starting quarterback's got to get between you and one of the offensive linemen and screams at you. If we got AJ Klein starting as an, our inside linebacker, we're in trouble.
1: Yes, uh, I think. Well, and we've been the issue is that Bernard can't stay healthy. He had friggin' hamstring on the first week of camp, so I really think they wanted him to pan out. Yeah, is my opinion. They wanted him to have a year of. NFL weightlifting. Everything I've heard from them is that he's wildly instinctual. He just wasn't ready to play NFL football last year. That's fine. There's plenty yeah. of guys as rookies
0: outside of the first round who are like that, and then they develop. Uh, I mean, that, that was a, that was a big big conversation that Austin and I had last week on the show. Like you don't like. I'm, I'm sorry. Even some of your first rounders. Don't late first round. Like anything outside of,
1: you know, let's put it in perspective of the NHL or the NBA. Anything outside of lottery, the f- top half of the first round. Hmm? Anything outside of that, you don't expect him to come in and start right away. Again, if they do, that's like, oh, that's really cool. Look what we found. Right. It's a cheaper contract. Now we can work with this. But again, if you come in expecting that out of a third round linebacker in his rookie year, you're gonna be disappointed. But then sometimes you find a Fred Wagner. Correct. Or you find a Matt Milano. But also Milano, when he was a rookie, was a converted safety. And I don't think he started except for like maybe the last three games of the year. Right. And that's what I was thinking they wanted out of Bernard is a coverage Matt Milano type guy so that we can run two of those and or three, because if you get something out of Specter, who's another guy who's been banged up, which I really
0: haven't hated what he he's done. No, he's another. I mean, we we were watching games last year, saying like both of them. Right. There were there were points where those two dudes were the dudes on the field. Because here's the thing: if they go if
1: they go into heavy personnel, or we face Tennessee or teams like that that want to run the rock and pound the ball, uh, the Bengals, and when it's wintry out and snowy, and they want to run Joe Mixon in the playoffs. Instead of having Teron Johnson on the field, I love Teron Johnson. If they go into heavy personnel, you can't really have him be filling gaps. But if you had a, a similar guy to Matt Milano, and then you could stick a freaking plugger like AJ Klein, Balen Specter in the middle of that, all of a sudden, you don't have to rely on Teron Johnson to be filling gaps. You got two actual outside linebackers for that, along with a freaking plugger in the middle. You got your four up front. We obviously got depth there if you watched the game last week. Absolutely. So that's. Not what I'm worried about. My my worry is just the fact that ugh, we're going to end up relying on Terrell Dodson because these other kids can't stay healthy. Uh, Dor- they already kind of backed themselves into a corner with Dorian Williams saying that he's going to back up Milano at will instead of just repping him at middle linebacker and seeing if he comes out of the crowd. I get it. It's a lot to throw on a rookie. But at the same time, like let's be real here. Does he need to sit behind Matt Milano versus these other three? Are they that much better than him that he doesn't deserve a shot at it?
0: Right, and th- this was second round pick, third, third. I mean, again, I'm not expecting him to start, but I would have liked
1: to see him have his his hat in the ring and at least. A, a ch- I, I get what they're doing; they're slow playing it. They've done this with rookies before, right? And it's not crazy to me. The issue is the fact that the two guys that they. I think want to have the job can't stay healthy so now it's AJ Klein and Terrell or Terrell Dodson for the freaking job right so in uh, a dude who's a little bit older been a journeyman knows the system. not a freak athlete not well not not even really a good athlete he's just he, it, AJ Klein we said on this I've said on this show. He's the kind of guy where you need to take the thinking out of the game for him. If he if he's a blitzing linebacker, you're fine. Right. If he's coming downhill to stop the run, he's fine. But if he's going to be your starting backer and he's going to play in pass situations
0: and you're not blitzing him, eh, boy. Yeah, we're like like you said, we're in trouble if that's the case. Yeah. I uh I'm part of me wants to know what it would look like. Okay, he's going to sit behind Milano. Okay, well, I mean, we we've got Milano locked up for a few years. Yeah. So how long how long is that the plan for? This year. From that's what like literally
1: from what I heard from Bean and McDermott this was after rookie OTAs and mini right. camp. This was coming into camp. They took Mike linebacker off the table for him. And they said we just want him to learn the defense. Right. So we're going to put him behind Milano where he's not going to be expected to do anything and
0: just soak it all in. Right. And I get that. But at the same time, like part of part of me and, and th- this is the coach in me, right? So this is the, like I'm sitting here going, OK, so if sitting behind him, he can learn it. Why not take Will off the table, put him next to him and see if he can learn the defense. Right. Like that's. And, that, yeah. And and, and and in that rate now, you you have two dudes you expect to be the guy or you want to be the guy, you have another dude you can kind of fall back on, and if this kid splashes, you're a fucking genius. Yeah, that's that's like,
1: that's what I was thinking. I never understood why they even re-signed Terrell Dodson, because when he filled in for Edmonds, he was mediocre to blow mediocre, Yeah, if we're calling it like I see it, at least. Right. Uh, and I was a big Edmonds guy to begin with, but at the same time, there was a drop-off. Yes. Like, it was a noticeable drop-off. So... Don't tell me that he's going to be a starting linebacker when Tremaine Edmonds wasn't an all-pro. He was barely a pro bowler. He was basically a good starting NFL linebacker. Right. So if there's a noticeable drop-off when he's out, don't tell me that this
0: guy is going to be good for the job. Right. Because you're just bullshitting me. It's it's probably... And sometimes I wonder how much stock they put into, well, he already knows the system. Yeah, I and I, I know. I, I feel like that, too. And it's like, okay, I get that. But at the same time... Which I I... Like, at, at some point, you have to look at your players and say, I expect you to know the system. Well, like, the other thing, too, that was driving me nuts
1: on taking Mike off, off the board is I watched the game last week, and Dorian Williams is all over the field making – he's getting in on every tackle he possibly can. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's cool. Imagine if he and
0: Milano were on the field. That'd be not too shabby. Yeah. And and now – so like and say he comes out today and kind of splashes a little bit again. Now you're sitting there like, well, fuck, now do we change – course and say right how, after how you already you think... took it off the table
1: and now you're just going to jump him in front of four guys right because I, that's what that was my whole issue with
0: them taking it off the table in the first place right yeah i'm i'm hopeful i i hope it works out i i'm intrigued to see what it looks like today because obviously whatever we're seeing is gonna hope probably i mean their first couple series at least they're gonna look like our, our starting our starting units yeah barring injury i
1: mean it's not like off-ball linebacker is the most important position on the defense in the NFL. Right. It's not like we definitely have the secondary and the front four to make up for that.
0: Yeah, like if you're going to hide a guy, it probably is our middle linebacker. Right in all reality. Yeah, because, because at that point, you know, you can and McDermott has put a guy like AJ Klein in position to be serviceable.
1: The reality is, with how good our front four is, you're you're going to have to commit at least one double team
0: up front. Uh, especially, and I, I can't wait to see this, when you see our starting, our actual starting defense out yeah. there, when Vaughn when comes back.
1: Jones De, Well, Daquan Jones uh, actually playing, with, right. and Jordan Phillips actually playing. Right. Like, when you get our actual, I mean, the reality is, uh, actually I did want to say this too, and I've seen some things, but the reality is they
0: should probably move a defensive lineman or two for draft capital. I mean possibly, yeah. I like I'm I'm sitting here thinking to myself like imagine imagine a, a front four in a deep passing down, right? That looks like Von Miller, Groot, who the fuck cares, and Justin Houston. No. You lost me. Why? Justin Houston. Didn't we sign we signed Houston, right? No. Who the, I fuck know, am I so? th- Who the fuck am I Leonard thinking Leonard Floyd? Yeah, there, there we go. All right, Leonard Floyd. Sorry. Yeah, you
1: know, I mean, I'm, I'm chill with that. I'm chill with that for sure. Probably Eddie inside as well. Right. I mean, um, like that, that, but that, that's what I'm that, saying. That so, could be
0: Eddie. That could be AJ. That could be fucking... But
1: that's it. So AJ, I think AJ and Boogie, you could probably move one of those for a decent pick, like a third or fourth. Yeah. Because at this point especially when Vaughn gets back, like you just got too many. In reality, like that's the issue with the receiver room as well uh, it, and was the issue with the running back room when we had Hines. That kind of cleared up because he got hurt and he was a return guy. You only got so many roster spots. Right. So if you carry seven receivers, you're making a sacrifice somewhere else. If you're carrying nine or ten D linemen, you're making a sacrifice somewhere else. right? Are you going to make that sacrifice in your secondary? No. Are you going to make that sacrifice in the weakest position group on our team, the linebacker room? No. Nope. No. What are you going to sacrifice on offense for that tenth D lineman? Not much. So you might right. as well get something for it. Right.
0: I, uh, like it, the the whole the, the prospects of what our defense could look like this year is really really exciting. Again, my biggest question is, what is what's cornerback two going to look like? Who is it going to be? I am so. Just not worried about cornerback. I can't
1: express enough how not worried about cornerback I am because you can hate on Dane Jackson all you want, folks out there. The fact is he's a steady, consistent corner. He fills in the run game. McDermott loves that. He's decent in pass, and he excels in zone coverage. Yeah. Christian Benford, big, good athlete, can probably play the nickel or safety if he really needed to. Great ball skills, comes up and hits. Again, that if you got either of those as your number two corner, I'm chilling. And then you got Teron Johnson inside, chilling. Tredavious on the other side. If he's not all pro, Trey, I don't care, chilling. So all we're really looking for is Kyir to friggin' actually be a first round draft pick, because that would be super chill. But at the same time,
0: if he's a bust, so be it. I'm not worried. You and found Christian Benford in the seventh round. I'm I'm also not like I'm intrigued by by Elam because like I mean his whole his whole scouting report at great in man coverage, great in man coverage. I mean may, may, maybe we try letting him do that a little bit. I think a lot of that relies on
1: Tre'Davious White's return to form. Right. If he's never gonna be that press man corner again, then no. Right. Because it's just not like. At that point, you have three, four-zone corners, including Tron in the slot. So, like, why would you have a gadget man guy that you're starting and be like, well, we have to run man now. Like, at that point, I think they would just move on from him. Right. Um, if Tredavis gets back to full form, yeah, we're probably going to end up zero blitzing a bunch. Because, like, Poyer and Hyde can stick with a lot of guys. Matt Milano? He can stick with a lot of guys. So if you got Milano on a tight end or running back, and then you got the two safeties on a slot receiver, tight end or running back, depending on, you know, formations, and then you got your corners, like, yeah, we can start bringing some heat and some stunts. That's going to be fun. But that's only that a lot of that
0: predicates on Davis White. Right. I, uh, I mean, and a guy like Taylor Rapp, we haven't talked about. I like Taylor Rapp I like a lot. Taylor Rapp a lot, too. I like too. Taylor Rapp a lot. Um, you know, and that, that put, puts guys, I mean, DeMar didn't look terrible in DeMar was return. flying
1: around. DeMar was flying around for sure. DeMar's issue has never been hitting or run fill. His issue has always been coverage. Yeah. And I guess you could say that's a good issue to have because he's a
0: strong safety. It's not like he's the deep, over-the-top Micah right. Hyde safety. Um, Somebody just posted the uh, the playoff interception from Hyde coming out of nowhere. Dude, I saw that. Oh, oh my oh, God. It's, it's still
1: beautiful. Yeah. Perfect.
0: Gorgeous. Um. But, yeah, he's
1: he's more of the poyer. He's more of the down, get in the box late and 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 hit, and I think he does a nice job of that. Um, if he really wants to be a consistent depth safety in the NFL and or starter somewhere else, he actually has to learn how to cover
0: because <laughs> it's not great. So I'm, I'm on the Bills uh, depth chart here, on the actual Bills team site. Okay. Right. Uh, some interesting notes is they have a couple dual listings yeah. on positions. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we know. So they have shorter backing up Davis. They've got Sherfield backing up Diggs. Oh, that's the other guy, Sherfield.
1: Why does everybody sold on this guy? I don't know. What? What? Like, came from Miami. Didn't even know he existed in Miami. And everybody's like, "Oh, that's great." And then everybody last week was like, "Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that guy." What are you seeing out of this Sherfield guy? I've seen nothing. Yeah, he's big and he's on the field. Cool. Kelvin right. Benjamin was big and on the field.
0: Yeah, he was. More big than on the field, but well, you get what I'm saying. Though. I do, like, it was a sarcastic, joke. it was,
1: and it was, it was well put. It was well put, Kelvin Benjamin, you fat piece of shit.
0: I, uh, the, the interesting thing is, wide receiver three, they have Hardy and Shakir listed as no, as number one, so they're like, yeah, so that's I, that's interesting. They also have the exact same thing, uh, they have Terrell Bernard and Tyrell Dodson. Listed as the number as the starting middle linebacker, but they also have Dodson as the number two. Can you do me a favor? I don't know if it's possible on that site or go to like Sal on
1: Twitter. I want to know what Bernard's injury status is for today. I want to know if he's playing or not, because I I need to see that guy play more football. And the whole hamstring thing has been a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of nanny shags that I've I've been fed up with. Uh, but see. also what does that mean that Dodson is Dodson's just playing the whole game cuz I'm I'm not signing up for that.
0: Right. Um on the Bills website there is no preseason week 2 injury report. Okay. Which is weird.
1: Or maybe it's just preseason and they, you know, the NFL not as bad as the NHL in terms of like hey it's just like above the waist below the waist, but you know, they don't want to give out injury information. Well, let's see. Let's see what Bills Wire has for us. Come on, old blue. By the way, I'm watching this Jags-Lions game. I don't know if it's live or not, but Jags are flying around, dude. Uh, th- this actually is live. Jags are flying around.
0: Um, okay.
1: Yeah, there, there's another know. fumble.
0: They had a pick last drive. Christian Bedford is out today. Okay. That's uh, fine. I know what he can do. This is an old report. I apologize. Because uh, Jake Kumro is also listed on this. Yeah, I don't think he's on the squad. No. Nope. Nope. It was stupid because I clicked on it and they had the uh Yeah, so there there is no current preseason injury report out right now. Did you check Sale? Uh, I did not. Sale's good, dude.
1: Shout out to Sale. Epic legend. <coughs> Never forget when the Antonio Brown thing was going down. I saw a Sale at Epic. We were like, How close was it, Sale? He's like, Not at
0: all. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Let's go to where is he? Salesports, right? Yeah. Let's see what we got.
1: While you're doing that, um, any any initial
0: thoughts on the Jason Peters interest in Buffalo? I I'm not mad about it, but at the same time, he's 41. I have questions. I mean, I mean, as a backup, I wouldn't hate it. Like that obviously has to like. Really depend on the price tag. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. If he's going
1: to take a pay cut to sit on our bench and basically be, you know, the old version of Deion Dawkins, yeah,
0: I'm in. All right. Pulling up the what to watch for. I like that. All right. So sales, what to watch for. Starters playing. McDermott announced that this week the starters, including Allen, will play about a quarter and a half. Steelers starters expected to play, which will be a rare and interesting Steelers or starters versus starters preseason game. Biggest concern is everyone staying healthy. Uh, Middle linebacker Isabella time. Yeah, Andy. Uh, Demar returns home. Yeah, that should be fun for him. Nothing on injuries there. Damn it!
1: I just want to know if Bernard's going to be playing before the game starts. You know.
0: Yeah the uh, the closest thing I got on that for you is uh, when was this tweet? <clears throat> so, two days ago, uh, Bernard was still out of practice. Ah, so that doesn't bode well. What about Spectre? Uh, they, they, so, the tweet is, uh, Thursday practice notes, A.J. Klein makes big plays as middle linebacker battle continues, Deontay Hardy shows off hands and speed, Gabe Davis returns, Bernard's still out, all that and more. Okay. All right, well, I guess we'll find out at 6 o'clock, 6.30 tonight. Right. Let's see if there's anything in Bill's Twitter real
1: quick. I mean, how am I supposed to make educated podcast notes? I know without injury reports. Fucking losers! This is ridiculous. I'm gonna write my congressman a strongly worded letter. Who is your congressman? I honestly have no
0: idea. Okay, just making sure. I mean, I definitely fill in a little bubble every other year. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, doesn't really look like there's anything. This wedding is horseshit. Yep, I agree. I didn't want salmon. I said it five times. A uh, bunch of. Brones. well yeah I um I'm intrigued to see the other, the other like weird one and I because I know McDermott's big on this is who's gonna make a step in the return game obviously last week did we didn't see much of anything is he Jack but like at the end of the day and I know they probably don't want him back there doing it but if you're just planning on fair catching punts Micah Micah my thing too is Digsy returned punts in Minnesota but nobody is
1: talked about that, and that kind of that kind of I, drives I did see me a nuts. Video about that. That kind of drives me nuts too, because it's like, okay, well, you know what the Chiefs and the Dolphins did with Tyreek Hill? They 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 used him in the punt return game.
0: Yeah, like, and that that's that to me is like a when the game really matters. Move. Yeah, like, I, and I I would love that, but I haven't heard
1: anything about that. I don't even no. think it's on the radar. Which okay, whatever, dude, keep him healthy, give him his 140 targets, cool. Right. But at the same time, like, that's a guy who. Had two punt returns for touchdowns. Like One he, might have just been preseason, but at the point, the the point is he can do it, and like, he's a good di- friggin' ball player.
0: Yeah, and like not for nothing, but pull a little like, hey man, you want the ball? You want to win? Go make me a play. And, and the other thing too that I with the return game, and this this
1: goes back to when we had Andre Roberts. If you're gonna have a return guy, cool, he's your return guy. Don't get stuck having a specialist who you then have to rely on in your offense. Correct. So like, if you're going to keep Hardy because he's a good returner, not a good receiver, that's going to create issues because he's going to have to get on the field and help you at receiver, and he's really just at that point going to be a friggin' returner who gets stuck out there, and look, you can make all the plays you want in preseason. I watched plenty of. We watch all watched plenty of guys make plays in the preseason. Sure. The fact is, when Josh is whipping a ball at you week one and it's coming in at sixty five miles an hour, it looks a whole of a hell of a lot different than third week of freaking training camp when you've gone against the same
0: guy for three weeks. Yeah, and you got you know Matt Barkley hooking change ups at you. Yeah.
1: Right. So I, I'm really not sold on Hardy. If you couldn't tell, I'm really not sold on Sherfield. If you couldn't tell, and especially the hardy thing seems like without Hines they really want him to be their return guy and I'm just worried about having a,
0: a specialist have to be relied on on our offense right which I mean again if you're going to keep a specialist just keep a specialist right that's that's
1: yeah I mean but it the especially in the receiver room where you're probably only keeping six or seven and then have some practice squad guys you're really going to take up one of those spots with a, a, a good return guy? Like the thing about Andre Roberts that made him worth that roster spot and we said it a million times. He was good for at least a first down every return. Yes. He was good for 10 yards or more every return. Most likely he was getting you two. Right. That's huge. I haven't seen any of that out of Hardy and I know he did return game in New Orleans and I saw some of that. It's not like I watched every friggin' return of his. Right. But I didn't I don't see I don't see the Andre Roberts return ability, and it's not like he was Devin Hester breaking everything.
0: No, I mean, and the the best thing about Roberts was he was put his foot in the ground and going go north. He's going.
1: like He reminded me of the guy I played with in college, Nicodemus Gamble, who was fast as hell. And it was like, okay, yeah, put the foot in the ground, get going, and if I get going, good luck. Because like, right. I'm just a speed demon, and
0: I hit that crease. Yeah, I'm I'm swerving to I'm swerving increases. I'm not trying to like stop and go like yeah. momentum shifts. Not, and, like not dancing. No, and, and if you look at some like if you look at the best return men in in history, they could do that. But when they took it to the house, it was foot down and gone. gone. I'm gone. Like I saw the I saw the bubble, I hit the bubble. Like, I mean and, and if you look I mean we watched Mackenzie return kicks la- uh, against us last week. Yeah, what dancing. did he do?
1: Dancing. Takes it from five yards out and then dances at the ten. It was like, Oh yeah, well that's why you're not here anymore.
0: Right. You know that and the fact that we you know paid you off of one game where you flashed and you didn't do that even a single time last year, which he definitely had the ability to do. He was just a frustrating player last year. I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I also and the, and this is one of the big things for me. I'm I I'm excited to see Dorsey's game plan with our starters, and I don't plan to see a lot of fun stuff, a lot of crazy stuff. No, but stuff.
1: I, I know exactly what you're saying. But like, I know just, exactly what you're I, I
0: want to see our base schemes look a little smarter than they looked last or year, or our base
1: personnel. If we're going full starters and we've talked all offseason about 12 personnel and I know you don't want to give it all away but I better see some goddamn 12 personnel
0: and like I also I I want to see us stop doing this move where we put guys out there and because we want like we're going to set up in one set and then motion back or whatever like but then we're going to run no huddle so we're going in other packages with the same personnel yeah I, I don't want to see a guy I don't want to see Quentin Morris lined up on the high side I don't want to see wild. I don't
1: want to see Trent Sherfield and as a wing tight
0: end, trying to block a D end on the backside of an outside zone. Right. Like, I, I want to see, like, part of the reason that, like, this Kincaid move was a move was that he can do other things. Right. He's not just a pass catcher. You know, we have guys like Knox, who has gotten really good in the trenches, but he can is, also crush you downfield. I was field. just going to say, Dawson Knox is really
1: developing into a true tight end. Correct. Which is why we don't need Kincaid to be that. Right. And that's, in my opinion, terrific. But at the same time... I better see some goddamn 12 personnel today because I want to see what those guys can do on the field at the same time and whether or not this whole move was actually warranted because Dorsey, from what it sounds like, Dorsey was really pounding the table for it because that's what the personnel he really wanted to run. Right. Especially in the red zone. Okay, cool. Now you got your piece. If I don't see anything until week one and I have no idea how it's going to work because you decided to hide it from film like a coward,
0: I'm going to be pissed. Like, if you, I'm sorry, and if you want to be one of the best offensive minds in the NFL, Andy Reid doesn't hide anything. He just changes the way it looks week to week.
1: That's, uh, this, this, and this goes way deeper than NFL because, like, this is just me kind of complaining in general. But, like, you you do uppers camps in high school, and it's the same thing as preseason in the NFL. It's like, oh, I don't want to play anybody in my class because then they're going to get a feel for what we got and what we're going to do. It's like, if that's what makes the difference in the game, you're already screwed yeah so grow up just line up run your scheme play football because the reality is if you can execute your scheme well it doesn't matter if they know what's coming I played plenty of football games where they told me because guess what in high school I was the blocking tight end when we went two tight ends they never ran away from me so I would have two guys over me hey they're running the ball right here guess what we still got yards because we executed that's it yeah, doesn't matter if they know what's coming. So, I, I the whole point of that is I want to see twelve personnel.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, listen, I'm I'm on board. I want to see, I want to see Dorsey start to show that he can take the next step as a play caller. Yeah, like I I, I don't if you're want... if
1: you're gonna be that competitive guy that Josh Allen pounded the table for for the OC and you're gonna blow up against the Miami Dolphins when you lose, then you better. Have the dog in you to say I don't care if Bill Belichick has a couple of my twelve personnel schemes, base schemes on film from
0: preseason. Be, be smart enough to say we showed you some twelve personnel, and now I'm going to fool you. Yeah, when but we play exactly you. have like, more. You obviously are going to have more off of it, but yeah, let's see some of the base. Yeah, I, I, I'm that. That's a big one for me today, especially when the starters are out there. Like, frankly, I could care less what you do with everybody else. I want to see reps. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the, the first quarter and a half that we're Reps allegedly going to get. Stay
1: healthy and, and just don't look sloppy.
0: Yeah, don't look inept. Don't look boring. Don't look basic. I mean, some of the stuff that we heard coming out of the Bengals playoff loss, like, oh, the Bills basically went to a base route tree because they were like, oh, the weather, and it was yeah. easy to defend. The That's almost as bad as Pete Carroll coming in and saying, well, we had a great game plan if they ran the ball. One of my, one of the best quotes ever. Yeah. One of the best quotes ever. Coach, you guys got your ass kicked by the pass game. Yeah. We had a great plan in place if they ran the football. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. It's like, <laughs> Oh, we, we, we condensed the route tree because of the weather. <laughs> well, yeah. You know who did tough. the team that just kicked your ass? Well, they also just kind of ran our down throat, down our throats. That too. But I mean, we also played prevent defense for an entire game for no fucking reason. Yeah. We can bitch about that. Yeah, We have bitched about that. We sure have, but, uh, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Uh Big Diesel. Good having you back, buddy. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah, we'll, good uh, yapping, you, know. you know, we'll find, find time to get this done throughout the year and, you know, sort things out. We're going to have, uh, might have Bold Claim Ben back in the fold a little bit more it now. Is not a might. We definitely will have Bold yeah. Claim Ben back in the fold a little bit more. So, uh, thanks for t- tuning in, guys. Hats, stats, and stats, part of the BICBP radio network. Check us out online, BICBP radio.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the fun stuff. Hats, stats, and stats podcast on Facebook, at HGS underscore pod, and all the other stuff. Uh, Like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends. And as always, go Go Bills. Bills.